Hello, I'm Dave, and shortly I'll be joined by my co-host Ash. Please be advised that the On the Pitch podcast does contain profanity. If you're offended by profanity, then you should probably find some other podcast to listen to. However, if the profanity does not bother you, please practice proper parental discretion. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the On The Pitch podcast with Dave and Ash. What's up, Ash? Hey, Dave. How are you? I'm all right, sir. Today's podcast is going to be a little different from what we usually do, as today we are going to focus on Chelsea making me having to take a sad nap because they have sacked Frank Lampard and appointed this Thomas Tuchel fellow. Um, Yeah, we'll get on to Tuchel a bit later on in the podcast, but I think we should start with, you know... Let's start with what's the sacking of Frank Lampard justified from all points of view. So, where do we start with this? I think we have to start with, well, let's consider last season, no money spent, youth players integrated into the squad, top four and the FA Cup final. Good season, considering what we were facing. Now, this season, he spends £200 million and... You know, the team aren't gelling properly. The results aren't get going our way. And we're sitting in ninth. From a business point of view, you can see why he's been sacked. But I think it just goes completely against the long-term project that the club had in place. Now, do I personally think it's justified? And do you personally think it's justified? I guess we can we can start there. Given everything that you have provided just now so do you think his sacking was justified no because well, if you think, think of, yeah if you think about the season as it is there's no preseason. the game's coming thick and fast these players are okay Timo Werner and Kai Havertz are the main ones I think Ben Chill and Thiago Silva have actually done okay um, but when you spend £75 million on a player, and then Werner was £45 million, I believe, um, when you spend that much money on players, you want them to perform straight away. They don't, get, they, don't, they don't really have time to adjust, but they should be allowed to, given the situation worldwide. There's no fans in the stadium to get behind the players. You know, Premier League's the toughest league in the world. So, And when you think that, um, you know, what Frank Lampard did for Chelsea as a player and what he's trying to do with this project you would have thought that he would have been given a bit more time to turn this around, at least to the end of the season. Because he could easily have turned this around. Every team this season has gone through a bad patch of form. So why is Frank Lampard's bad form being said, right, you're out the door now? I have thoughts on that, but I just, I just want to elaborate a little bit more on what you said as far as other managers at other clubs getting a chance when things have not gone right. Um, Ali at Manchester United things weren't great in the beginning of the season motherfuckers were talking all types of crazy shit of them following or excuse me falling and finishing in the bottom of the table and last I checked their top of the table Arsenal had a patch of rough form they seem to be coming back up and they have displayed patience with these managers patience that Frank Lampard was not afforded it makes no sense 
you know what's happening in Cobham right now? It's a fucking circus. That's what that's what the situation is at the club. The club is a fucking circus as far as this goes. Now, we all know Frank took this job. And the only reason I believe, and this is just me being me, the, I believe the only reason Frank took this job is because nobody at the time wanted the fucking job. Nobody wanted to be appointed. With a transfer ban, uncertainty, and then at the time that he took the job and he was appointed, unbeknownst to the world, COVID happened. So you'd think just off that, maybe they would have had a pinch of common fucking sense to give him some more time to get things right. Given he's the guy that took the job when nobody wanted it. He overachieved. We finished fourth, but hey, that's still top four. And we had we got Champions League football. And he was able to bring through the academy players, which a lot of fucking supporters like to bewail about as far as managers at Chelsea Football Club, because we all like to say nobody brings the youth up, and Frank does exactly what they want. These people have the unmitigated goal to say they believe in the project, and then you sack them after 18 months. What the fuck, over? Exactly. Um, everything you've just said, though, is just exactly the situation. I mean... <sighs> Frank took the job because, like you said, nobody else wanted that job. Not, not nobody in football would take a job where they couldn't spend any money. Frank took it. He basically he did the club that he loves. He did them a favour because nobody else would have taken that job. Nobody. And the fact that Frank did take it and put the youth in the first team is the reason we got top four last season. Mm -hmm. Because without the youth, we wouldn't have had the squad to compete in the league. Because you need competition for places. And if you don't have that, then people get complacent and you haven't got the squad depth in injury. So, I mean, then for them to turn their back on Frank the way they did, and I know, you know, they come out and say, oh, we, we do it with a heavy heart, but your actions speak louder than your words because you've done it. Yeah. You know, we could have gone on a run like we did earlier in the season, 17 matches unbeaten. We could have done that again easily. You, we just need to play through the bad form. And, okay, I'll be honest, Frank was at times guilty of maybe picking the wrong players or maybe sticking with a 4-3-3 a bit too often instead of changing it up. But he was trying to build a footballing philosophy, which, you know, it takes time. You look at Klopp at Liverpool, it took him five years, five years to win the Premier League and the Champions League. And now they're one of the best teams in the country. They're in a bad run of form right now. You're not hearing Liverpool fans saying, oh, Klopp out, Klopp out, Klopp out. Because, you know, Klopp's a good manager. And he'll get them playing again. Frank Lampard could have done the same, but I think because of his lack of experience, he wasn't even given a chance. I'm just going to throw this little tidbit in there. They reached out to Ralph Ragnick, who I, I rate. Ralph, if you listen to this podcast, I love you, bro. He was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to sit my ass right where I'm at. I'm not taking that job. That should tell you something as a board. He was only offered a six-month contract, though. That might be why. He was offered a six-month contract. Even if that, even that, though, is great to know, because even in that frame of thinking, even Ralph's not stupid. He's like, all right, I signed this contract. Let's say I do good. But the minute I hit a rough patch, they're going to sack my ass. Truth be told, if I, if I was a coach in Europe who was unemployed and Chelsea reached out to me, I'd be like, nah, bro, I'm good. Because I don't want that shit show. I don't want that sauce. Because we all know the minute... That someone does not concur with Marina Grava, whatever her fucking name is. I can't stand her. Sorry, Chelsea. No, I'm not sorry, actually. Fellow Chelsea supporters, I'm not. I know what she did for the club. I, I know she did phenomenal things financially. But when you're the type of fucking cunt to hire 
and fire managers the way that you do. Like, I change my drawers in the morning. I have no patience for you. You're part of the reason why the club's a shit show. And if anybody wants to argue, at the end of the show, we'll give you the links. We can have a conversation, sort of. But when you do things like that, you're, gonna, you're not going to have continuity with managers. And then you go hire a guy who is bloody known for causing massive amounts of pother within the dressing room and with the board. My wife would say the logic. We're devoid of it. And I'm talking to you, the board at Chelsea Football Club. In the hire and fire process at Chelsea is nothing, you know, we're not new to this. It's been the case since Roman got here. I mean, I think it's 12 managers in 18 years, I think now. Yeah. Full-time, full-time managers. Um, but how, managers, if they come to Chelsea, they can probably see it as a quick payday, especially if they get a contract of at least a year. I mm-hmm. mean, Tuchel's got an 18-month contract, so he's got till the end of next season, but there is, a, he, there is an extension option on that. But if he has a bad run of form, he'll, he'll be gone. And I don't think that, you're not going to win every single game you play. It's impossible in modern football. You cannot win every game. And you will go through rough patches of form. Every team in the Premier League has been through it this season. Every single team. And it's one of those seasons where it's so tight at the top, where if you go on a run of five games in a row and win, you're right back in it. You lose a couple, you're out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that with the season given and mid-table sides, okay, let's say teams like Southampton, you know, they're doing very well. Aston Villa have been phenomenal. Probably the surprise of the season for me, in all honesty. Um, <laughs> West Ham are doing well. Leicester, are, you know, Leicester are in and around there. When you've got the usual suspects, Arsenal are getting back up there. I think they might have jumped us in the league now. I'm not 100% sure. Um, you just have to stick with it sometimes instead of changing because some of those players that Lampard bought in, Tuchel might not get along with at all. Those players were bought in for Frank Lampard as his first choice. And now you sack the manager and he's bought someone else in that might not even want those players. So that, mm-hmm. might, that makes the investment look worse. It's, it goes back too, to, to my, my rant about the way they approach things because then these players, majority of them signed because Frank was the gaffer. They were told Frank was going to be there. That's how some of them signed on the dotted line. Now, I understand this is football. Make no mistake, I do understand, Okay. I understand how management works because it's kind of my profession. At some point in life, you're going to get sacked. This is just the way the shit works. You will be appointed and you will get sacked. That, that, that's a given. The issue we're having is the amount of time that this man was afforded to try to make things right. And he was not afforded that opportunity. That's, that's what I can't wrap my, my head around. I can't. And it, you know that at some point this was, a, it was, was crazy because... Abramovich never says a fucking word. And when Frank was sacked and the club had announced that they had parted ways with Frank, he came out in a statement. And I just kind of stood there scratching my head. Hearing from an owner who, who just, he doesn't talk. And then all of a sudden he issues a statement to save face. Because you know your supporters feel some type of way. So you're just going to come out, talk some shit to save face. Obviously, we don't underestimate what Roman's done for the club. You know, he's, part, he's the main reason we have, you know, a lot of success with the money he's invested, the training facilities he's created, the youth academy that he's set up for us. And the great things and, he's done during COVID. Yeah, exactly. He's done so much for the club and, you know, the people, you know, the public. But I just thought that Frank Lampard's time at Chelsea would have been different. 
And I just think that he, if anybody would ever be allowed time, you know, to you know get themselves out of a situation and try, then it would have been Frank Lampard. But this brings me on to my next point about the Germans, Kai Havertz and Timo Werner. Sorry, 75 million on Havertz, 45 million on Werner. Um, Havertz has got five goals and five assists this season, but only one goal in the Premier League. Werner scored nine goals and five assists, but he's only scored one in his previous 15 matches. And I think that the form of those two is mainly the reason that Frank Lampard's been sacked, as well as the form of the club in general with the five losses and eight matches. Mm-hmm. But those German players, they were never going to come in and score 20 goals a season. Not in the Premier League. Not many players get over 20 goals in the season. I think it was three or four last season out of the whole league. It's, it's a physically demanding league. And then it's just, it's a peculiar season because of what's going on in the world right now. So you technically did not have a proper preseason. So, I mean, that's an issue. I'm pretty sure with the fixture congestion, I know they both since have been on international duty. Why they're even, that's a whole other can of worms for another day. Well, that's even going on. But there's a lot of other things that contributed to that poor form. It could be tired legs, new country the most physical league in, on the face of the planet. And people, they, people don't, players don't adjust in a normal season. Under regular circumstances, oftentimes take a while to adjust. And I get it. He was Frank signings. He wanted both of them. He got both of them. He got the shiny new toys. And now, you know, they're not, they're not working up to, they're not competing, excuse me. And performing up to expectation, and that's going to frustrate people. But you don't go sack a guy for it. No, like it, he can't control the form of his players. That that's just that. There is a lot that goes into the poor form of anything. And this is not just a Chelsea thing, by the way. Like, and you said it at the top of the podcast. A lot of sides in the Premier League this season have had rough patches. It is a very it's an anomaly because of what has happened with COVID. What has happened with not having a proper preseason? Everybody's going through it, but like you said, not everybody's firing their is firing their manager. Oh, West Brom, apart from us, they only started to fire their manager this season. I can't think of anyone else that has. No, well, West Brom, but that but West Brom had a reason to though. See, they, you know, what I'm saying they had a reason. Yeah, um, big think... salmon meat pies. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> But I think the form of Havertz and uh, Werner is unfair because we discussed this before the podcast that no Werner's not scoring goals, but people don't give him credit for what he does mm-hmm. off the ball. And his off-the-ball movement is second to none. That is not a problem with that. You know, he takes up space, he occupies defenders for other players. And that's very unselfish, but he doesn't get the credit for that because right now he is missing, missing blatant chances. And yes, he missed a penalty against Luton at the weekend, but he wouldn't have had the penalty if he wasn't in the box to win it. And if he wasn't taken down, I think he might have scored. But, you know, and penalties are never easy anyway. You know, keep a guess right. And there's nothing you can do at the end of the day. But I just think that, you know, it might take him a year or six months to get him fully firing up to, up to speed with the league. And he needs his confidence back because confidence in football is the main thing. Confidence gives you form. And without the confidence, you... Take an extra touch, you mistouch it, 
and it's the same for Kai Havertz. I think he's been looking better in recent weeks, but because of the, you know, he's not been in the positions to affect the game because he's been too deep. And I think that's where Frank Lampard maybe should have changed to a 4-2-3-1 rather than a 4-3-3 at times because Kai Havertz was having to drop too deep Mm -hmm. to get the ball. Whereas if you play with a two-man pivot in midfield, the attacking players can stay further forward and that two-man pivot will get the ball to you when you defend with the back four. Yeah, but and that's why I think it'd be interesting to see what Tuchel does. In all honesty, because he was brought in to get those two Germans firing. That's the main reason he's been brought in. It doesn't make sense to me because you know we've seen managers in the past. You know, just because their nationality doesn't you know get players from that country playing well. It's at times. I mean, here's the other thing, Frank. As much as I love him. He was inexperienced too. One year at Derby isn't going to do much. And like I said earlier, he took the job because nobody's going to take it. And you can see that he, at certain points as a manager, you can see he was growing and kind of learning on the job. He was thrown in the fire and was trying to learn as he went. Now, there, there's not a problem with doing this, but he just happened to be at the club that we all love. And we all know that this club doesn't, if it's one thing Chelsea does not have is patience, people. They, we don't. We no, don't. And that's, I think that's part of the problem, too, where he, he ran into that. A little bit of that inexperience he had showed tactically. I mean, if you people take your eyes off the ball, whoever's dribbling the ball, and you just watch um, how we defend, how players in the attacking phase, how they're moving forward without the ball, in the defensive phase, how we move without the ball, how we set up. If you see us in transition, if you start to look at that, if you go back and look at some of these uh, past fixtures, you can see there are tactical flaws. Like our pressing was shit. Like we Which was press different the from the start of the season because at the start of the season exactly. the pressing was brilliant. And you can see the flaws. Even times defensively, we look like we had no shape. Like we had players on the pitch that looked lost. But then you think about the Man United, away, Man United Old Trafford in the Sevilla mm-hmm. game. We defended fantastically. And that that inconsistency is something that you're going to experience regardless. Of your of, of your uh, of your Experience. time and management, like it, it's it's gonna happen. You're gonna have times where you're in, we're all human. Even some of the greatest managers to ever breathe, yes, to include myself, are inconsistent at times. It happens. As Pep, as Klopp, as Jose, it happens. But yes. it just, I guess that's where it went wrong too. Some of his, I guess, naivety in the job may have cost him tactically, which may have elicited this response. Is the response right? I don't think so, but this, this is how I see it. What happens to the youth players now? And I'm talking maybe not the ones that are in, still in the academy and have a couple of appearances here and there. I'm talking Callum Hudson-Odoi, Billy Gilmore, Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham and Reese James. Because, you know, Mason Mount has been Chelsea's stand-up player all season. And I just think, I mean, he's he's not playing tonight, obviously, as the game's just kicked off while we're recording this, but I hope that, the, that these players don't suffer because the club want their expensive Germans to play, even if they're out of form. So for me, I feel like my biggest issue with Tuchel is do the youth still get a chance? The ones that Frank Lampard brought, in, brought through, you know, to, to the first team, do, do those players still get a chance? This is tricky because Tuchel has a history, right? And we're going to get to this eventually. Tuchel has a history of, of um, bringing young players through. He did it at a... I think he did it at Mines. We all know he did it at Dortmund, especially if you're an American listener. Fucking spare me. Um, 
But I, that see, that's a tricky thing because usually when managers come in, they want who they want. And then we're in the situation where Tuchel has a history of it. I'm not sure, but I too share that same concern because what happens to the to happens to Reese James, who as of time of recording, Chelsea just kicked off. He's not in the starting lineup. Mason Mount's not, as Ash mentioned, not in the starting lineup. So that for me, that's concerning because I have that same concern. Like, what happens to these players? Do they just become squad players because Tuchel doesn't fancy them? Because they're not his guys. And that's, you know, we've seen that too. That's an ongoing thing with management too. You come into a job and you want your people. You want to do shit your way, not the way the last manager did it. So that, that is a lot of concern. I mean, contrary to that point, though, we do see that uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi is in the starting lineup. But how can he not be right now? I mean, he is another one. Him and Mason Mount have been the two form players for Chelsea. And um, I, I thought Pulisic should start this game. I know there's reports that he's got a niggle or an injury, but he's on the bench, so it can't be that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually thought Christian Pulisic would start this game, but I'm glad he hasn't because no, Hudson, Captain, because he's please. been poor this season. He's been poor. He's been poor. Poor. He's been poor since he's put a football shirt on. Sorry, people. I'm hurting feelings today. He's. A I won't say that Google. because the back end of last season he was phenomenal. He was. Yeah, and then he gets player. hurt, and then he disappears again. Yeah, I, I agree with you. When he gets hurt, it takes seriously, a long he's like he's back. like a bad he's like a bad parent. He only shows up at convenient times. Do you think though, if he managed to stay fit, given the ability he showed at the back end of last season, if he could stay fit, he could be a class player. He could be a world class player. Yeah, that's the question, isn't it? Though, can he stay fit? I mean, for sixty million pounds and the physio control you have at Chelsea, you'd hope he could. But you know, he hasn't shown that yet. It's been a very stop start since he's got to Chelsea. But you know. Are there other? Is there a player that Tuchel wants that maybe Pulisic doesn't quite worry Chelsea going buy another winger? Because I still think we're one short. No, I, I concur with you. I, I I believe like 100% we need another one, like a proper winger, not somebody to plug and play, like somebody who legitimately plays that position. Hassan Odoi does the same way. Like he'll instead of cutting inside and passing, he'll drive to the byline and cross the ball, like we saw against Luton. The other interesting thing here too is what you know. Other players we can mention, like Tammy, what's going to happen with Billy Gilmore, who was just coming back from injury? Because I think when we looked at the lineup prior to prior to recording, we saw the double pivot of Jorginho and Kovacic, I want to say. I think he set this game up not to lose. Um, obviously, without Kante, those two, for experience-wise, you do pick Kovacic and Jorginho in a double pivot. but Yeah, but you gotta, in the double pivot, you got to defend, though. Jorginho doesn't defend. No, he doesn't. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. He's, he, he does take up some good positions in defensive positions to clear the ball away. He does. But you don't associate him with tough tackler. No, not at that position. Not a double pivot. Traditionally, you double pivot are two guys that are going to get dirty. But Chelsea don't have a player like that. I mean, Kante doesn't really get tackles. He, no. he gets interceptions but, and reads the that, game well. That's why he's so good. But Chelsea haven't had a midfield brute since maybe Michael Essien, Matic maybe. Ooh. And I think for this system to work, you need that kind of player in there who will just throw you to the floor, knock you off the ball, outstrength you. And I think that's the, one of the big problems we've had. We bolstered our attack mentally, brought in Chilwell and Thiago Silva, replaced Kepa with Mendy, but there was no steal in midfield. They're all technical players. Yeah. You need I mean, somebody who is going to be no defensively deft in that position and double pivot. Somebody who's going to be physical, 
and is going to be quick in their movements, whether they're on or off the ball, when they're off the ball to win it back and then on the ball to start moving that ball up, up the pitch to help the attack. And you're right. We don't have that player. People Uh, think Angolo Conte is that player. And as much as I love Angolo, he's not that guy. He's not. The reason we were so good when we won the title on the contest was because him and Matic worked together. Exactly. Matic sat back so Kante could read the game more and go and follow those balls and get the, get the interceptions. Kante's not a tackler. He reads the game so well that he cuts passing lanes. But what Kante isn't given credit for is his passing ability, which yeah. no one ever seems to mention. Severely underrated. But at the start of the season, I wanted Chelsea... Sorry. Um, at the start of the season, I thought Chelsea needed that sort of... I was thinking Declan Rice was one of them. Uh... Daniel Zakaria from Gladbach could have been an option, or Weston McKinney before he went to Juventus. I would have taken any one of those three players to just sit in that holding role. And with that, we could have built a stable midfield. Because right now, yes, our midfield is probably one of the technically best in the league, apart from Man City's. But there's no balance in that midfield. They're either attackers or they're passers. There's no defensive player. And I think that that's one of the problems that Frank Lampard had. He couldn't you know, Billy Gilmore is more defensive-minded, but again, he's more of a deep-line playmaker. Yep. And I just think that Chelsea, maybe even this window, have to go and get that sort of player because you don't win. Man United have it with Fred and McTominay. Judge Fred all you like. He's been he's been brilliant this season. Man City have Rodri and Fernandinho. Liverpool have Fabinho and Henderson who do that job. Ugh. Arsenal have Xhaka who does that job. <laughs> Even West Ham, West Ham have for Declan Rice and Thomas Suchek. So, you know, <laughs> you need that kind of player to have balance in midfield. And right now we don't have it. And I've been saying this for about two years now. No, that, you have. You've made it pretty, pretty, pretty fucking clear that that's missing. And you can see it too when you, when you go back and you watch past fixtures and when you learn not to watch the, when you learned how to watch the match properly. You'll, you'll see things like that. There's, there's just nothing you have to have. Midfield is one of those areas on the pitch where you have to get the balance right. It, that's, just, that's just football. You may be able to get away with other problem areas, but the one that will probably f- get you nine times out of ten is if you lack balance in the midfield, which we clearly do. Oh, yeah. And we have since Mathish left. He was never replaced. No, he wasn't. All our midfielders are... Like I said, either attacking midfielders or technically or technical players. And I think that Mason Mount, if Frank Lampard had stayed, uh, I think Mason Mount could have been the one that could have done the whole thing, you know, box-to-box midfielder. Because the passion he shows, he's not afraid to put a tackle in. But we haven't got enough players like that in our midfield. No. I don't even think there's enough players in, in football in general that have that tenacity. You mean not like you had like Vieira, Roy King, even Ballack back in the day, and Ooh. you know, but you don't have those sort of players anymore. It's all, oh, don't hurt me, don't hurt me, I don't want to get hurt. Whereas back in the old days, you you see some crazy tackles that would just let the game, and the game will go on. But players want to protect themselves these days, and I understand from an injury point of view. But you're getting paid to do this job. There's more dangerous jobs out there in the world that people get paid a lot less for. Oh uh, yeah, I used to do one of them. Exactly. <laughs> so. But yeah, I, my main concern with Tuchel is maybe he's, you know, he doesn't have the best track record with the board and the youth. I just hope they, Madison Mount is still an integral part of this club going forward because I see him as a future Chelsea captain like a lot of us fans do. I can, I can see him 
Mwende being Chelsea's captain. We got to see how this, you know, we got to sit here and see how this goes. How long do you think Tuchel, do you think Tuchel will still be here at the end of next season, in your honest opinion? <laughs> Fuck no. What do you reckon the reason will be? Fall out with the board? He's going to fall out with the board. He's going to fall out with the board. He's, he, when he was at um, PSG, he fell out with both the board and the dressing room at the same time. Yeah, him and Leonardo, who's the uh, director of PSG, they had a lot of um, problems with each other and inevitably left the Tuchel stuck in. But I think, moving on to Thomas Tuchel, I just want to start by saying that I think he deserves credit for what he did with PSG last season, getting them to a Champions mm-hmm. League final. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they had played anybody else apart from Bayern, they would have won that Champions League. You know, you I'm about to argue with right? Of course you are, but... Yeah, because you, um, you give me motherfuckers like Thiago Silva... You give me, I don't know, a guy that won a World Cup in Kylian Mbappé. You give me another guy when he, on his day, when he decides he doesn't want to fuck around and actually play football, Neymar. Bro, I can take fucking PSG to a UCL final. The cat. My wife's cat can take PSG to a UCL final. I'm not amused by what he did at PSG. You know, he had I will money. Say, he had talent. I mean, for fuck's sake, you can go over there right now. I don't know how far France is from England, but whatever. I'm pretty sure you could go stroll your handsome ass in there right now and win the Champions League with that squad. I mean, I think they were better than Bayern in the Champions League final. I really do. But, you know, Mbappe had a bad night. He didn't take his chances. And, you know, we all know how good Bayern were last season. Nobody, mm. laid, a glove. Nobody laid a glove on them. By the and, way, they're you know, still really good. They are. They've lost a bit of their edge this season. I mean, they're being beaten this season a lot more frequently than last. But that Bayern side last season, which is... Mm. And it's the physicality. And you look at the buying players before Hansi Flick got the job and afterwards they're now all bloody hench all of them Hansi Flick call me <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I thought PSG played better than Bayern on the night and they lost to one goal and I think you know if they had played anybody else in that final they could have won the Champions League so I'll give Tuchel credit for that yeah. because the French League is one thing the French League is one thing Champions League is completely it. different <sighs> At least one of us will give him credit because I ain't giving him credit for dick. That's, that's just how I feel. Like you have those players, like you des- you should have been, you deserve to be in that Champions League final with that caliber of player that you had on that roster. I also forgot to mention Marquinhos, who I'm also a big fan of. He is a good player, but you think he had a 74.8 percent win win percentage at um, PSG, and he won six trophies in two and a half years, mm-hmm. which you know you expect for PSG, but. It is the weakest out of the top five European leagues. That is probably, and anyone will agree with you on that. So, any anyone sane will agree with you on that. If you compare it to the Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A, and the Premier League, it is the weakest in terms of competition. Because mm-hmm. you look at Serie A at the moment, how many teams are battling for that? Over in Germany, I haven't actually seen the table, but I think it's pretty close over there as well. It is. Because Leipzig and Dortmund both lost at the weekend. So, um, Obviously, Gladbach beat Bayern a few weeks ago as well. Um, in Spain, it's not Real Madrid or Barcelona that are top. It's Atletico Madrid who have got games in hand. They're so many <laughs> points clear. I will know that. That's because they got Luis Suarez, who's been on break form for them. And they've got a no-nonsense manager. All right, yes, I he wants to sit out. The yes, he wants to sit out and win games 1-0, and they'll defend, they'll defend you out of a game. Of course they will. But at the end of the day, if it's going to win you a title, who cares? Mm-hmm. But I think Tuchel just needs to 
what I will say is he has the tactical flexibility, which I don't think Frank quite had yet because of his inexperience and not long in the job. So that could, so Tuchel, you know, he played with a back five, a back three, different formations, which... Uh, Tuchel actually has played around with a bunch of formations, a 4-3-3, a 4-2-3-1, a three, he used 3-5-2 a lot with PSG in his time there. That's because he had to get Neymar and Mbappe in the squad, so you need the attacking outlook on that. And they PSG aren't known for their fullbacks really, so having the three centre backs helps. Um, they played with some what I like to call Ash tactics, the four two two two. That is my so, go to I mean, that, that is my go to tactic. I will give him that. He is tactic, and that's that is a that is a sign nine times out of ten of a decent manager when you are tactically flexible and understand how to implement your tactics with what you have. Now, I'm curious to see, can he implement these tactics with the squad he inherited with lofty expectations? The thing is, the Chelsea squad, if you go from player by player, it's one of the most talented in the, squad, in the league, and you can involve the depth we've got in each position. Um, so you think that, you know, hang on, I have to think he's had to score a goal. Nope, sorry. Um, <laughs> um the squad we have is probably the second or third most talented in the league. But the mentality is not right. And maybe Tuchel, with the more experience, can get that mentality right. Because, like I said, he has managed at some top clubs. Dortmund couldn't break Bayern's dominance. But that's no. not an easy thing to do. But, you know, when you think of the money that Bayern have and the players they have, it's not easy. But he did win the DFB, DFB pole cow in 2017. Yeah, is- you can notice his winning percentage is lower at Dortmund than it was at PSG. That's not a surprise to anybody. No, that, that that's where I want to make my point. But it's not lower bad. winning percentage bad. in a tougher league. It's not bad, but it's a lower winning percentage in a pretty good league to further accentuate my point of nothing that nothing that he did in Paris amuses me. I think it's a hard one to judge, especially um, because of the, how one-sided the French league is and the mega millions PSG have. So I think now this is the biggest test of his career to show that he is a good manager. I mean, I want to, I will support him 100% because he's a Chelsea manager and we have to get behind him now. Yeah, we're pissed off that Frank's gone, but it's nothing new at Chelsea. Managers come and go all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just think we have to get behind Tuchel, give him our support, have faith in his methods and maybe we can win some silverware this season. I think the likely silverware will be the FA Cup. I can't see us beating Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, if I'm being honest, just because of how well they're organised, how well they're playing. Um, and the league's going to be a long stretch from here. I think Man City will win the league. But, you know, we have to build ourselves back up, aim for top four, possibly the FA Cup. And I think we can call that a successful season, given the circumstances. You're so much more positive than I am. Uh, that's a realistic. That's a realistic thing. I think. I think maybe an FA Cup because we got Barnsley in the next round, who we should beat quite comfortably. I know it's the FA Cup and anything can happen, but nine times out of ten, Chelsea win that game. Uh, league, league. We've got the squad to beat the top teams. We just haven't this season. We've only be- the only team above us we've beaten this season are West Ham, which is the worrying thing. So West Ham. And we, we we weren't even good in that game. We just got lucky. Yeah, and they were missing at the time we played that game. They were missing um, a few of their big key guys that are now back in that starting eleven. Yeah, I just think for Tuchel, we have to get 
and we've said this we just said this a minute ago the balance he has to get the defensive balance right and he has to get the attacking players moving forward not this this is the most frustrating thing for me in a football game the constant passing backwards and I understand that sometimes it has to happen but these Chelsea players need to get into their heads that we're one of the best teams in the country we have to play like it no, no, none of this possession for possession's sake and that's the most annoying thing for me in a game because you look at Man City's possession stats, but they play in the midfield. They play triangles. It's maybe it's tick attacker, but not quite. If you know what I mean. No, it's not. It, it, it's not quite tick attacker. Um, there is a word for it. I can't remember. I've read a bunch of Pep's shit, but the way Pep plays, it is with the intent to move the ball forward and to throw attacking numbers further forward. Hence, all of you, if you guys want to get all technical, you have the inverted fullback, like Ash was saying, the triangle passing. There are certain runs that only certain players will play. That's called positional play. That's for another day. But Tuchel needs to be, and he's proven to be so far, to be quite tactically astute. Now let's see what he can do with the application of that. How does he shore up this Chelsea defense? Does he get the midfield balance that we need? Can he get his German compatriots to perform well? and live up to their price tag, so to speak, air quotes. I, I mean, look, I know I sit here and people are like, well, there goes Dave again, inveighing about somebody. Okay, yeah, you got me there. I, I did. But at the end of the day, I am a Chelsea supporter, and there's nothing I want more than my club to be successful. I don't got to fucking like the guy. And I'm not going to tell you people I like him because I fucking don't. But I can get behind him because I want my club to succeed. I, I want to see... My club do what my club does, which is win everything and smash the rest of the 19 damn teams that are in the Premier League. Exactly. Um, I just think that with Tuchel, he wasn't my first choice. I, I, I have to admit, he wasn't the man I wanted in charge of Chelsea. I would have loved to have seen Nagelsmann or Hasenhutl, but obviously <clears> they're in yes. very good positions right now. Yes. And they wouldn't have joined Chelsea mid-season. No. I mean, no. if we were, we were going to get one of those, it would have been a summer... Summer, uh, even then, let's I say you want to get Hassan Hutu or or Nagelsmann, we would have had to pay an inordinate amount of money to get them out of their current situations, too. I would imagine. If you think about this, if Frank Lampard was given to the end of the season, we could have turned this around and we might not have needed a manager then. Because if you think this is Werner and Havertz's first season in England, of course, they're not going to come in and score 20 goals a season. Who was the last player? But came into the Premier League. Maybe Fernando Torres in his first season. I'm not sure. <laughs> he was actually good. Yeah, but that was what? Maybe <laughs> 15 years ago now. Yeah. Ooh, wow. That I think was. Yeah. In 2006. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Luis Suarez, I'd have to say as well, when he first joined Liverpool, he was very good. He had some good coaching, though, because as much as I don't like uh, what's his face at Leicester, he, he coached the shit out of Suarez at. Uh, Liverpool. Yeah, but I just think that it's not as easy anymore because the league was better back then, I think. But now, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's the game's different nowadays. You know, it's more about pressing, passing the ball. And it's not as easy for strikers to get as many goals as they used to. I mean, you think mm-hmm. of like Drogba, Rooney, those sort of players, they could hit at least, they could hit 25 a <laughs> season at least. <laughs> now you see him topping out at 2023. 20, so the game has definitely changed. 
the game has changed. Players need to adapt, and so do managers. I mean, that's pretty much the way this shit works. I mean, I have I have thoughts tactically on what should be done, what could be done. We can go for days on end on that conversation alone. But at the end of the day, what we need is balance in that midfield. We need to get those two big signings to perform the way we know they can. Because I promise you, I mean, I'll put my damn, well, I'll promise you the, and bet the little money that I do have that Kai Havertz is going to be a hell of a Premier League player. And Timo Werner is going to fucking score goals again. I think Timo is one of those players, though. He's, he's a streaky player. That's When he's good, he's phenomenal. When he's bad, he's abysmal. I still love him, though. Do you know my problem with the thing how Werner needs to play Vika? Werner can't play left wing. If you know anything about his Leipzig days, he scored most of his goals playing off Yusuf Poulsen up front yep. or Patrick Schick as a left winger or inside forward. He yes, very sir. rarely actually plays centre striker or centre forward for Leipzig. And this is what annoys me with Chelsea fans because they just assume that all his goals at Leipzig came from striker and they don't. No. He got a lot of his goals peeling off the striker, running down the left channel and cutting in and scoring. He, in essence, like you said, worked off basically a target, man. And that's when you think of, we have Tammy and Giroud. Who are, I'd say Giroud is a much better player for link-up. There's no he doubt is. about that. But Tammy Abraham will also get you gold because he's got more pace. I think he's... Mm-hmm. I think Tammy could bulk up a little bit. Get a yeah, bit I was stronger. just getting ready to tell you that. If he can yeah. just put on a little bit more weight. And I think that he'll command more in the box if he puts on a little bit more weight and better deal with the physicality. I think he needs to get better with his feet a little bit as well. Especially in tight situations. But he's young. And I don't understand why Chelsea, some Chelsea fans, it's not all of them, it's a minority, but some just say, oh, he's not good enough for Chelsea. He's not good enough for Chelsea. He was our top scorer last season, his first ever season as a number, as a number nine at Chelsea. You know, I thought he had a very good season. Yes, okay, he could get better at finishing. But he's, what, 23, 24? He's got the time to improve. Yep. Most strikers don't hit that. Well, these days, you've seen that strikers get better when they're around 29, 30. I mean, you Some strikers at, can play till they're damn near 45. You look at Zlatan at the moment. Uh, Four, exa- exactly Four. where I was Lewandowski, going. Lewandowski, Ronaldo. Ooh, Lewandowski's um, going to play till he's like 50. I, oh, I love you, Lewandowski. But yes, Chiro, Cristiano Ronaldo. Chiro Immobile. Even Ooh. Luis Suarez right now. All of these strikers are over the age of 30 and they're playing top of their game. They, they all had time to develop. I, you know, when I remember, I'm old enough to remember, Jesus. I'm old enough to remember when Zlatan was like young, young back in the day, coming up through Malmo and all that. And people in his really early days, people weren't too f- sure about him. Look at Zlatan now. I think that worked out pretty good, huh? It's just a shame he never got the Champions League. No, I hope one day he gets it, though. I mean, do you think he will? No, honestly, I, I can't see it happening, sadly. Sadly, I can't. I'm over here still holding on to hope that Gianluigi Buffon and the old lady can get one before Gigi hangs his, his boots up and his gloves. I, think, I can't. I couldn't even tell you who's going to win the Champions League this season. I'd, I've got a sneak feeling that Athletic Madrid could win it. I will be so mad. I mean, you think of Barcelona, they're not really mm. clicking at the moment and their problems, which we're not going to talk about today. That's for another podcast. Yeah, that's but... a whole other podcast in itself. Um, Obviously, Real Madrid looks shaky. I mean, they went up the Copa del Rey to a third-tier Spanish side. I'm not going to uh, be surprised if Zidane gets sacked here soon. Liverpool, man, 
I mean, Man City could honestly win the Champions League with the form they're in at the minute. I've, I don't want them to. We'd never hear the bloody end of it. But um, I, I'm not going to lie. If we're out of it, my, my, yeah. Um, PSG, maybe PSG with Pochettino could win it. I mean, they've got the they've got the players. Yeah, and they got it. And, and Poch is a good coach too. Yeah, he is. Um, I think Poch that's why coach. PSG wanted him because they they saw he was on a he had he wasn't tied to a club, and you know. Getting rid of Tuchel means they could go and get go and get Pochettino. Rumor had but, it though Pochettino wanted the job at Chelsea. We just you know we play too much. Would he have taken it though? Because he wouldn't take the Barcelona job because he links to Espanol. And you know, obviously being managing Tottenham, obviously he wouldn't I, take the Arsenal job. But we're still Tottenham's rivals. I personally not, think this is just me speaking. I think he 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 would have taken it because it's not Arsenal. Yes, it's a London rival. But I mean, Chelsea, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham is—it's it, nothing compared to what the North London shit show is between Spuds and Arsenal. That's a whole other level of craziness when it happens. Like I can see him not taking the other job in North London. I could—I honestly think he would have taken the Chelsea job. You have good players, you have resources galore, and Poch is not one of those personalities where he's going to bang heads with the club or the board. You know what I mean? Poch is not one of those people that's going to say something and then later on be ruining, ruining over it because he said something wrong or whatever, did something wrong. Poch would have been great for, for Chelsea, but that's, you know, that's me dreaming. I mean, a lot of fans say I didn't want him because he hasn't won any trophies, but neither had sorry before we oh got him. Oh, God, these fickle fans. Yes, because you wake up out in the morning and win trophies, you bunch of... Fuck That's the biggest problem these are. days, I think. That's the problem in football. You spend mm, you spend money or bring in the manager. It's right. You have to succeed from day one. You can't make, you can't make a mistake. Nobody's perfect in football. You look at all the big clubs in Europe. You know the top top clubs. They've all messed up. They've all fucked up. They've mm. all you know, they've some all of the greatest up. coaches in the world in our game have had rough patches, and even they weren't that great before they got to the levels they were. I mean that dude whose name I won't say because I don't like the guy. That Manchester United want to basically trade him like he's God. We all know who I'm talking about. I'm just not going to mention the name because fuck him. That's why. Um, even he was shit when he started in Scotland. He wasn't that great. But he worked and then he got to United and then United won a whole bunch of shit. 13 league titles, two Champions Leagues. Yeah. I mean, there's Pep. Pep was named by somebody the greatest manager of the fucking millennium or something crazy like that. But Pep wasn't all that great when he started out. You look at Pep at Man City in his first season, I think they finished third or fourth, I think. Yeah, and then he goes second, on to do what? a long set, way off Chelsea. He set records for, what, points in a season, back-to-back Premier League titles. I mean, if you look if at he could just now, get over the Champions League hump, he'd be all right. Yeah. Also, he Pep's hasn't won it since he was at Barcelona, is he? Oh, she's a big fan. The thing with Pep, if you look at Man City now, they're also they're becoming defensively aware. They're becoming much better defensively now. I mean, <laughs> the, he's turned John Stones into one of the best centre backs in the league. Holy shit! When did you think you would ever say that in your lifetime? He's actually looking like a fifty million pound defender. <laughs> and he, he's benched Laporte. Laporte <laughs> costs him fifty four million, and, Le, and you think Ruben Diaz costs sixty two? So that's nearly one hundred and sixty million in centre backs just there, and he's got one of them on the bench. Mm-hmm. When this is all said and done, all we really need Thomas Tuchel to do is just titivate the squad slightly. Make those enhancements that we need. Get us where we need to go. 
and all will be right with the world. That's that, that's all we need. Um, and with that being said, everybody, for you Chelsea supporters that have had the patience to listen to us blather on for however long it is that we've been blathering on for, we appreciate you. Um, you can let us know what you think because, you know, there are ways you can contact us. We have a Facebook page on the po- on the Pitch podcast. Then we have a group, which is also on the Pitch. Now, if you're going to join that group on Facebook, do me a favor. Answer the three questions. Act like you got some sense. Answer the three questions. Regardless of who you support, there is a good chance you will be accepted. It's a great group. We have a lot of fun in that group. We talk about football. Once in a while, we'll have a go at e- friendly go at each other. Um, it's a great atmosphere, actually. I'm really proud of that page. Yeah, we're looking oh. for fans from more clubs anyway, so... Yeah, we're looking to expand, like, we understand all clubs, all supporters, we have rivals, but at the end of the day, we all enjoy football, and that's how that page is so bloody good. I'd also like to thank our good friend Mike Costin, he's, he, because he's the man. He's done a lot of work for On The Pitch that you guys don't see. That logo, that's Mike. A lot of what our uh, group is, that's Mike. So just, you know, just wanted to give Mike some due credit, because... He's fucking awesome. Um, we also have an email you can reach reach us at, which is at onthepitchpod at outlook.com. Uh, we will be back on Twitter as soon as I get that worked out. And our handle is at onthepitchpod1 on Twitter. Um, Ash, do you have anything else before we say goodbye to the people out there? Um, yeah, we don't usually uh, do a full podcast just on one subject or just Chelsea, but obviously with the breaking news this week and us being Chelsea fans, we thought it was appropriate. Uh, we should be back next week with a full roundup of the weekend results and um, everything we usually do with conversations across the top five leagues in Europe and any other breaking stories that come out. So, yeah, just keep listening. We know we've not done a podcast for a while. You know, we've had things going on in personal lives that have affected this and not let us to record, but we're hoping to maybe get back on schedule, maybe not every week, maybe a couple of weeks. But like I said, it all depends on what's happening with us. Also, we would really appreciate it more, more Ash than because, you know, Ash is a nice guy, but really appreciate it. If you rate us wherever you listen us to Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast, wherever the hell you listen to us from, if you would like to leave us a review, that would help. The more positive reviews we get, the more visible we become, and we can grow this just a little bit more. So even if you have a football-curious friend, you know, let him know. Spread the word. And uh, with that being said, on behalf of Mr. Ash, we would like to wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night. We will talk to you guys soon. <laughs>